after almost six hours of racing, 250 kilometers in Imola, we've crowned ourselves a new world champion. Oh yeah, it's the housewife's favorite, Julian Alaphilippe. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this, how do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Podcast. What a weekend of bike riding we had. It was World Championships weekend, and it's always an amazing day to veg out on the couch straight after your ride and just soak up some of the best athletes in the world tearing strips off each other. This year we done it around Imola and today's Road World Championships crowned a fitting victor. One of my favourite riders. We've dubbed him on the podcast mainly because my missus has a soft spot for him. The housewife's favourite, Julien Alaphilippe from France. What a fitting victor and I think he's going to represent the rainbow jersey brilliantly over the next 12 months. Before I dive in and unpack what actually turned out to be quite a controversial road race and I'll tell you why in a second. Let's just briefly mention Patreon because Patreon is what enables me to bring you this podcast. If you head on over to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh, all I'm asking is to buy me the price of a beer once a month to say thanks for the content, thanks for the podcast. If you're getting some value from it, please do that. And in return, I will give you access to the secret podcast episode once a month. Head on over to the Patreon link. It's in the description and all the details about what's involved in that secret episode will be revealed. So we had a race today nine laps of a circuit and we had those two climbs we talked about in the preview podcast uh, the Chima Galisterna and the Mazzolano climb they were both sticky quite difficult climbs and actually what made the climb so epic was the organizer in Imola I'm not sure if they heard a helicopter or a drone but the footage on the plateau across the top of the climbs some of the best cycling camera work I've ever seen so if you haven't had a chance to look at that Go back and check it out. The region of Imola was just showcased beautifully. And if COVID ever fucks off and lets us travel again, it'll be one of the places on a very short list for me. Uh, the race was dominated today by a seven... Well, when I say dominated, with respect to the lads in the seven-rider break. They weren't the biggest names in the sport and they weren't very likely to stay out there. So they were kind of let out hang there until... So if you're not, if you're maybe, you know, off the back of the Tour de France, a lot of people are coming to one day racing and watching it for the first time. So typically the custom in the World Championships is you let a big group, sorry, not a big group, you let a group of riders up the road who are non-threatening, guys who we don't believe can go on and bring it to the finish line. Because remember, it's a 250 kilometer race. So if you don't let a breakaway go, Attacks just happen all day and it just becomes an insanely difficult, unsustainably difficult day. So what happens is attacks, 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 attacks until eventually attack gets sufficiently organized in a group that they get some separation from the main peloton and they get themselves up the road. And unless it's a group with big horsepower and race favorites, the guys back in the bunch aren't typically too worried about it because everyone has numbers and like the french team the french team took it on themselves to bring this race back together so they stuck their boys on the front and their boys are a lot stronger than the boys in the break and eventually that gap gets whittled down and really the 
the big racing started after the French had brought that back and we had I use this, I don't even know how to describe this man. We had Pogaccia, the Tour de France champion, 22-year-old, fresh off his win of the polka dot, white and yellow jersey in the Tour de France. We had him going on the offensive. We had him smashing it. And there was actually a point where I was thinking, oh my God, can this man be this good? This is actually ridiculous. He went away, but it actually turns out it was a softening up process that he was working for... Uh, his buddy, his friends, second in the Tour de France, Primoz Roglic. And he was there really as a complete softening up for him on in today's race. And that was kind of the tactics. You send Pogaccia long. Once you send Pogaccia long, what's going to happen? It uh, The race has to respond because you send him long and you don't respond. He's just going to run away. We've seen it in the Vuelta last year. We've seen it in the Tour this year on the stage over Col de Parasud. He's a rider that can climb. He's a rider that can time trial. So he'll get that separation and you won't see him again. So when Pogaccia attacked, Belgium had to spring into action and they had to start using... I talked maybe about how Belgium mightn't have a united front, that it's possible that Belgium might have had leadership problems and there was no sign of that. The two big deputies, Thies Benutz and Greg van Avermaet, they went to work on the front and they went to bringing... Uh, Pogaccia back there was no problem whatsoever with that Pogaccia was closed down quite easily in the end and then the attacking started the attacking started on the last climb and we eventually had a group of six making real separation for themselves Mark Hershey Tour de France stage winner attacks the only people that can follow are Wout van Aert former world champion Ineos rider Kiyakoski stage winner of the Tour also Jakob Fuglsang and Roglic now what's interesting and Alaphilippe sorry what's interesting is all bar Fuglsang from that group rode the Tour de France which maybe answers that question that we were wondering because this is at the business end this is after 220 kilometers of racing we often wonder is it the Tour good preparation for something like this is a week in between a long enough rest but this largely answers your question the guys at the business end of the race all rode the Tour de France so it does it does seem like it was a positive now i know it's difficult to draw a conclusive correlation from that because you know the most talented riders were sent to the tour de france and if they had arrested and not done the tour de france the composition of the break probably would have been the same as well but yeah i it didn't seem like it done julian alaphilippe any harm when he went over the top of that group of six and got separation over the top of the final climb and then Alaphilippe does what Alaphilippe does. He threw the bike. He fucked it round corners and threw it down the descent. Held that 9 seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, back to 10 seconds. And we had this last 12k of just drama where it was toon and thrown. Is it possible to get him back? And then we had a point where it just seemed like the wheels were coming off the chase behind this typically happens because you've one rider fully committed up the road, Julian Alaphilippe, and then back the road, you have five riders who are kind of committed, but then there's two things they start looking at. One, Wout van Aert, one of the fastest finishers in the world is in the group. So they think, well, I'm going to get second if I leave Alaphilippe up the road because he's going to win. But if I work with Wout van Aert, he's going to win sprint and my best chance is second anyway. So... My best play here is maybe to soft pedal and gamble a little bit, make Wout van Aert do a ridiculous amount of work, and if we do catch Alaphilippe, 
I now have a chance because Wout van Aert is tired, Alaphilippe is caught, I'm actually racing for the win. This rarely turns out to be a good tactic. The only time we see a rider like that who's fully committed up the road being caught is when we see cooperation from all parties behind. So this is where we have the interplay of trade team versus country. We have riders from different countries behind. Wout van Aert, Hershey, Kiyakowski from Poland, Fuglsang from Denmark, Roglic from Slovenia. We have these riders behind, but also they're on trade teams Roglic and Wout van Aert ride for the same trade team and Roglic has just had Wout van Aert doing unbelievable work for him for three weeks around France is there a little bit of reciprocity going on here well this is where the start of the drama unfolds we know we all know how the race panned out Alaphilippe wasn't caught the group behind showed some level of cooperation Look, it showed some cooperation, but when you're watching on the TV, you just don't know how hard riders are going through and if they were fully committed. And the Belgium TV have really picked up on this. But for me, I'll get to that in a minute, and that drama between Wout van Aert and the criticism of Roglic that maybe he didn't work hard enough for Wout van Aert, that he owed Wout van Aert after the Tour de France and he didn't pay that back. I'll talk through what the Belgian televisions are saying and some Belgian ex-pros, but you can only do what you can do if... Roglic is on his hands and knees after 240 kilometers racing. There's fuck all he can do in the last 10k. You'd have to have legs to do it. But first, I think it's worth noting the race finished as Julian Alaphilippe, Wout van Aert in second place, Hershey in third place, an amazing third place for him. Kiyakovsky fourth, Fuglsang fifth, Roglic sixth, and then Bling Matthews winning the group behind for seventh. So I didn't get my prediction right. I think I had predicted Wout van Aert. Mike Woods and Bling. They were all there or thereabouts. Wout second, Bling seventh, Mike Woods 14th. Look, you win some, you lose some. Hershey was a great each way bet if someone got him. I have to say I didn't see Hershey. But Alaphilippe, just looking on the way he finished the Tour de France, I wouldn't have thought. The bookies didn't think that he was up there. But he just seems to be able to deliver that kick in the teeth to people. When they're on their limit, he knows how to attack. But Wout van Aert, the big star of the show, the heavy pre-race favourite, he's after pulling off something that not a lot of riders have pulled off. He is the second rider only in history to win a medal in the time trial and the road race in the same year. The two others are Big Mig, Miguel Injurain, one of the greatest riders of all time, and Abraham Alano. So he's in good company, but listening to him after the race he said i think it's too early for me to be proud but i came here with high expectations and it's hard to accept two silver medals nevertheless i was beaten twice by guys who were stronger guys that'll make it easier to accept but i'm aiming for wins it's been an exceptional year i think i've had really strong legs but i'm going to need some time to be proud of it i think that's fair enough i think it's the nature of the athlete that you're not going to be proud a second straight out the bat let's move across to this drama Roglic was really happy with how the race panned out for him and Pogaccia, he thought they rode great together. He remarked that they're not one-day specialists. We raced it, we raced it well. I'm super proud to have been part of it and I'm even super proud of the great result. But the drama kind of started when the Belgian Federation president tweeted, uh, that's Tom Van Damme, he tweeted, not to be confused by Jean-Claude Van Damme for just thrown down beatdowns. 
uh, more of a 90s reference to kung fu and martial arts probably has no place on a cycling podcast you're thinking but that is what you get on this cycling podcast Right, that was a random digression. Tom Van Dam, <laughs> Tom Van Dam, he said, Ala Philippe owes Roglic two beers for his work in that chase group. He tweeted out as if to say that Roglic was soft peddling and that he wasn't honourable because of the work that the work that Wout done for three weeks for him around France. But Roglic said, look, we just did everything we go- we could. It was five strong riders working together, but Julian was the strongest in the race. It's normal in the last 2K, you start thinking about other medals. But before that, we worked really well together. I think everybody had been on the wheel at the top of the climb, but it was impossible. No regrets, the strongest in the race won. Uh, sorry, that was uh, Wout van Aert uh, talking about how he can't have any regrets on that. But it was uh, van Aert's, uh, the media coverage from Sporza, that where they started talking about uh, that how they suggest that Wout shouldn't ride another meter on the front of the bunch for Roglic ever again. Um, Wout van Aert said, I understand the question about Primos, but he did everything he could. Of course, we spoke. I think he was on the limit. It says a lot about the victory of Julien. We were just five strong guys and we didn't bring back one second until the last 2K. He was just the strongest rider. Roglic came back and on this and he said we're teammates i would have loved for Wout to become world champion obviously i would have loved it more than alaphilippe but i was on my limit i couldn't even sprint anymore the f- all the four other riders were stronger than me and i had to close a gap out of every single corner i gave it everything and i honestly just believed that you gotta you can't look at things in isolation we need to look at roglic's character roglic you know he's the guy who lost the tour de france on la Plat de belle and he still had the class to go and find his buddy and give him a hug and congratulate him for winning the Tour de France. He's a guy of class. He's a guy of dignity. I believe that if he had a chance and he had legs, that he would have sacrificed himself for his teammate, Wout van Aert, and repaid that favour. But then you get back to the other question of, you know, what's the Slovenian national team? And this is why the world is such a confusing race. If you're the Slovenian national team director, if you're Pargaccia who set him up for this attack, if you're Jani Brakovic and Mezcek who worked all day to keep him in position and he rides to finish full gas for Wout van Aert and gets dropped, you know, and Wout van Aert becomes world champion, are they celebrating? No, of course they're not celebrating and toasting him. So it's a, it's a funny game that he found himself having to play, but it's the game we see ourselves, we see Pandau, are played out every single year in the World Championships, and that's why it is just this bizarre melting pot of tactics on top of you know tactically what is quite a confusing sport. Anyway, I'm of the opinion that Roglic, if he knew he couldn't win on the day, but he had legs to help Wout van Aert, he would have helped him. I just don't think he had legs, and I think the Belgian president needs to shut the fuck up. That he's just what's he on about? Like he's the He's no, just there's no class about it. You're president of a cycling federation. Have some class and don't be tweeting out derogatory stuff about a great champion like Roglic. There we go, folks. That's my my tuppenny's worth on it. Anyway, start of a week, road man. I hope you have a great week. Uh, get plenty of bike riding in. For me, of course, the national championships are at the end of this week. Finished off basically my training on Sunday yesterday. But I'm looking forward to now having a little bit of a taper and I'm going to chat to you guys over the course of this week in the run into it, bringing you plenty of exciting topics and then a Giro d'Italia preview come next Friday.
Roadmen, thanks for listening. I'm going to chat to you all tomorrow. Hey everybody, it's Anthony again. Really quick, I want to invite you to join arguably the best thing I've ever put out inside the Roadman community. It's a challenge. It's a challenge called the 14-day Kickstart Challenge. So regardless of where your fitness is at right now, this is going to be the catalyst for making you faster and making you leaner. I've created this challenge to take the guesswork out of everything. It's 14 days of training plans, regardless of what your level is. There's masters, beginner, advanced. There's meal plans, shopping list, and even a video course holding your hand and talking you through it all. So what I recommend you do right now is just stop everything, press pause on this audio, and go to roadmancycling.com forward slash 14 day, or check out the link in the bio. That's roadmancycling.com slash 14 day.